Queens film fans, we are at a lull right now, Carl, because it's post-Labor Day and before the fall kickoff. I believe you don't understand what Disney Plus Day is. <laughs> well, we were gonna t- we're gonna talk about all the Disney uh, fall all soon. We have today to join us. We're gonna have a summer wrap up, and we're gonna have a fall preview with one of our movie pals, Cam Wiggs. We'll talk to our guest Cam Wiggs from Popcorn for Breakfast in just a minute. We'll speak about Disney Plus Day and the movie. Pinocchio. Then we'll talk around minute 19 about cars on the road. Around minute 27, Clerks 3 is a Fathom event starting next week. Around minute 42, McEnroe documentary on Showtime. Around minute 46, our summer recap. And then around minute 55, our fall preview. Hello. How are you? Hello. Thanks for having me. Well, we're happy to have you. And we're sorry that Kirk had to go to a wedding. Oh, I know. Yeah. The other Family half things. of popcorn. <laughs> so That's hold on right. a second. So it's it's popcorn for breakfast. Are you today? Are you representing popcorn or breakfast? I'll I'll take breakfast. Today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Since it's the morning, I'll, I'll represent breakfast. Excellent. So, Lynn, what did you think of Disney Plus Day? Which is weird because at Disney Plus Day, Disney Plus started in November. Why are they doing it in September? I don't understand. You're the one that's plugged into Disney. I have yes, no. That's why I know it was started in November. And the only reason I know it started in November is because that was my wife's birthday present. And she had to wait four days before her birthday present could get activated. And then I bought the three-year plan. And guess what? The three-year plan is over this year. So I... They gave us all special pricing. It was like $180 for three years, which was pretty damn good. But they haven't told us what's happening in three months from now when all of our things expire. So I would imagine, because I'm a member of D23, that they will give us some sort of price break. Or else am I just going to start getting charged once a month? I liked not getting charged for Disney Plus for three years. And if anything, I would bundle it with Hulu and ESPN Plus. I'm in the same boat, Carl. And I think I will be moving to the Disney bundle depending on what kind of what the price they dish out. Exactly. Because we don't know. They've told us nothing. Nothing. That's also to get a little more into the Disney weeds here. um, I'm also a member of the Disney Vacation Club. And right around now, there are less than 10 years from all the people that initially got in because they got uh, some people got a 49 year lease and some people got a 99 year lease. And some of the 49 year leases are within 10 years of running out. And they haven't said what is going to happen when the, when the one inch of square property you own at a Disney vacation club expires. So Disney's like waiting to the last minute, you know, and that's another reason, you know, Winnie the Pooh is in the public domain now, but not Tigger. And we have Winnie the Pooh horror films, Blood and Honey coming out because Disney doesn't act on these things quickly enough. Well, they're busy uh, bran- branching out with their brands. So are we going to talk about uh Pinocchio now or later let's talk about it now because I I, thanks to you Lynn 
I did not see Pinocchio and I would have tried to see Pinocchio. I got the link, but instead, as you might have seen on Instagram and Twitter, I was at Pitbull on Saturday night dressed up as Pitbull. And I know I saw those photos, Carl, and you did a very good job. Yes. I, as soon as I walked off the elevator at the hotel and some young person yelled, oh, my God, I think that's Pitbull. I looked to my wife and said, this is all worth it. <laughs> because because I got my picture taken so many times, some posed, some uh, not so subtly and other pic- people were just taking pictures of me uh, secretively. And I had a great time. There were about 100 pit bulls dressed up at the pit bull show. I was the only one who was a male over the age of 20. Oh, my God, Carl. But uh, I saw that you got in. You had the VIP access. So I did. uh, Everything was going great until my wife said, you know, we should probably get you a fireball since that's one of his big songs. I was doing great (laughs) until then. Well, why is it my fault that you didn't see Pinocchio? Because you're the one that said, oh, crap, we should have watched this by Monday night. And so I didn't watch it by Monday night. And because of you, I learned that. And I'm like, well, now I have no desire to see it because you know what Disney did? Well, it's not my fault. Yes, I'm blaming you. So Disney just showed Pinocchio in the last week. All the previews and teasers and everything, they've been all about Tom, barely showing Tom P- Hanks either. And you just see uh, the blue fairy giving Pinocchio the kiss of life. And that's all you see. You only saw the nose. And now after the movie debuted on Disney Day, whatever, it now you see that it's basically the cartoon. And I still have no desire to see it. Well, you're saving yourself because Cam and I are going to talk about it. I watched it on Disney Day because I do have I pay I pay for Disney Plus. And well, so do so do we. We just paid a lot less than you did. <laughs> right. And so, uh, well, I have the bundle. So you can watch hockey games that it's it's great when there's an ESPN plus only blues game and people text me. I'm like, oh, you're the one person in this area that has ESPN plus because no one gets it and everyone complains. Well, because you have to get it if you get Hulu, Disney plus, you have to get the ESPN plus. I but they do have good documentaries, FYI. And then my son in Brooklyn, I shouldn't even say this out loud. So you share an pe- account with him. Yeah, I get it. We have people who u- use the ESPN Plus. <laughs> so, yeah, your son, did he, was he stuck in at Burning Man? Um, I haven't heard much because he just texted me that he was back in the real world. Yeah. So, Cam, her son went to Burning Man. And the only thing I heard about Burning Man last week was that it took eight hours to get out of there and people were running out of gasoline in the desert. Oh, no. Disaster. He hasn't told me that. Well, maybe he's sparing his mother from the awful truth of what Burning Man is. Well, he he left Burning Man to go to Reno and then they were on their way to Lake Tahoe. So uh, he has not had too much time to. This is his anniversary trip. Ah, that's called a honeymoon. 
Well, it's two years later. Yeah, but did they really get to have a honeymoon because of the Rona? Uh, the, uh, no, no. The first year they eventually like went skiing in Vermont. But then last year they went glamping in the Grand Canyon. I have an adventurous son. That's good. Yes. Is he a real boy? <laughs> he is a real boy. Unlike, okay, so let's get to the creepy factor of Dis of Pinocchio. Okay, this, the beloved animated movie is 1940. Side note, it was the very first movie I ever saw at a theater when it came again in 1962 at the Fox Theater. It used to, it's Disney's second animated feature after Snow White, and they used to release before home video and all the streaming stuff, they used to release them every seven to 12 years. So, so new kids could see it unless they were showing them on wonderful world of Disney. Right. And so all I remember was for a child, it's pretty frightening. The whale scene and the pleasure Island. Pleasure yes. Island is scary. Yes. Kids, kids turning into jackasses. Yes. Pleasure Island. And then plus the creep factor of honest john who's even more creepier now that we are older and know more things about pedophiles and child abductions and sex trafficking and all those horrible things that go on in the real world well they have done this live action which is a misnomer because pinocchio is animatronic and cleo and figaro no he's not he's not animatronic he's cgi isn't he yeah he's cgi okay he's not anim well, animatronic would be like abraham lincoln at the hall of presidents <laughs> well he just acts bizarre and it does look like the cartoon which is so out of place it just looks like a plastic doll and yeah. hold on wait yeah you're you're willing to forgive that a boy a wooden boy can come to life but you're upset of how it looks well it's just if you think back to the story, okay, it's from an 1883 novel and obviously darker as all fairy tales are till they get the Disney treatment. And there's no mom, just like in a lot of the Disney ones. Well, uh, yeah, which is another creepy thing. And um, so Cleo and Figaro are also CGI. Everything that could or shouldn't be cgi is the pigeon is cgi everything oh is. new character we have a yeah. pigeon named sophia voiced by lorraine bracco and uh jiminy cricket is joseph gordon levitt and he's like a wood cutter creature he looks like he's been carved oh so he's not a real cricket no. He is. He just uh, well. He's not. He's CGI, but he looks. He looks interesting. He he doesn't fully look like a cricket either. No. And, Does he look uh, like Jiminy Cricket from the movies? Does he look yes. like Cliff Edwards? Look, okay. A little bit more, but his face has some distinct features that are different from the original. All right. So is this a musical? Uh, yes, yeah, sort of. It has kind of a, a kind of oh mediocre songs by Alvin uh, Alan Silvestri. And Glenn Ballard. Every song feels forced and slightly out of place, in my opinion. What about, people want to know this, When You Wish Upon a Star, Disney's signature tune. Cynthia Revo is obviously an amazing vocalist. Um, she's in this movie for what, Lynn? Two oh, minutes. Right. She's, and she's she, the Blue Fairy, right? Yeah, and she only sings a short ep excerpt of the song 
before it's relegated to the title credits uh, from there out. Well, right. hold on. It, that's a Jiminy Cricket song. It's a right. Cliff Edwards he, song. He sings parts, parts of it, but nobody sings the song in full in the movie. No, they don't, Carl. And that's their song. Mm. So that's the familiar uh, song that they... What about I've Got No Strings? There is a performance uh, where Pinocchio sings a bit of I've Got No Strings, uh, but it's not the full, full song. The, the movie's not that long. How long is the how long is the live action? Okay, it's just so shy the, of two hours. Yeah, the original is eighty-eight minutes. Yeah, eighty-two Perfect. years later, they have decided to swell it to a hundred and eleven minutes with not doing the songs in their full. No, now they have an invented character named Fabiana, and she is a ballet dancer puppet, well, marionette that is voiced by Kian Lamain. And she's probably the biggest find of the film. But uh, it's it's so flawed. And I don't I just don't see the point. And not only are we having this Pinocchio, but we're getting Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio this fall at Netflix. And that's stop animation. Didn't and we get uh Roberto Benini's Pinocchio yes. with a wooden thing. Yeah. Yeah. Last year, right? Yes. Nominated for costumes and makeup and hair, but still very creepy because oh, yeah, that you... one was actually a wooden boy. Yes. And, and uh, Robert, uh, Roberto Benini played Geppetto. So we have Tom Hanks, the beloved iconic national treasure as Geppetto. And he's having accent issues again, just like he did in Elvis. It's so been a bad it... summer for Tom, bad summer for, for Tom Hanks on the accent front. He, okay. So in, in Elvis, he looked overweight and he was wearing the fat suit, but now he looks gaunt. And all of the press that I've seen him doing for this, he looks the other end of the spectrum looks really thin. Yeah, well, poor Geppetto has got a backstory now that he's never had before. He has a deceased wife and son. Oh, so this is more like a pet cemetery kind of thing? Well, this is to explain why he would want a real boy or a surrogate son, which is, if you think about it, kind of creepy. This beloved woodcutters, you know, making a puppet and he wants it to be a son. So here, instead of this is a 19th century stay, uh, story, but instead of keeping it period, which they have period, they have decided to wake it up with some pop culture references. And Keegan-Michael Key is saddled with playing Honest John. And he has a cell phone and talks about influencers. Okay. Mm. And okay. Uh, then they have this big pile of horse manure, which I couldn't figure out. Why is Pinocchio leaning over horse manure in the middle of the street? And oh, because they're, it? they're telegraphing the joke. And someone's going to fall in it in the next minute or so. Well, not necessarily. And then he sniffs it. So what is that about in a kid's movie? And is this really for kids? And who is the audience here? But the worst line of the whole thing is. Oh, you wrote it down. I wrote it down. I wrote it down because I was so appalled. I was like, what? It was um, 
the blue fairy wants to know why Geppetto would like a real boy. And Jiminy Cricket goes, well, you know, of course there's other ways to make a boy, but I don't think Geppetto gets out very much. Okay. That is a line in this <laughs> movie. It's supposed to be funny, but I it's not. <clears throat> is this movie funny, Cam? No. Um it's it's anything but I, I is will it say sweet. Uh, uh I mean it has really no heart to it, in my opinion. I mean it's 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 pretty they, there's opportunities to give it some heart, but they swing and miss at every one, I think. I just don't understand why they went in this direction now granted some of the visuals are dazzling as you expect in a disney movie and uh robert zemeckis directed this and to my mind he he is behind the greatest hybrid animation live action movie oh of with all tom time. hanks dead no, eyes no no who framed roger rabbit Oh, oh, I thought you were talking about Polar Express. Oh, no. They, Polar Express has the dead eyes and is really kind of unsettling. And uh, but, but yes, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a masterpiece. Yes. And Except so. Except even, even if it gets really weird at the end. Well, so he's behind this, but he also directed Tom Hanks in Forrest Gump and Castaway. So they have a history. So I don't understand this direction at all. And it just overall, it just leaves a bad feeling in your mouth. Something is off. Yeah. It's the aesthetic. The aesthetic is way off. It, it's way more Polar Express and Christmas Carol than it is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And for my money, it just doesn't work. Uh, I, I don't think the aesthetic works. Though I will say, on the Pinocchio front, yes, he looks just like the cartoon character. But the way that they colored him and animated him the way he moved as a CG character, I thought it was cool, even though he looked weird within the environment that he was in. So it tech could it win a technical award or something? Or is it just another? No. It seems like they spent all their time and energy animating the Pinocchio character and everything else was overproduced, in my opinion. Or underproduced. Or like underproduced, the, yeah. Like the script. Yeah. It's just a misfire. Totally. I had misfire. I have no desire to see this. I had, you know what? I also I'm glad I finally did watch Jungle Book on a plane. I watched it on a plane. I had no desire to see it because I am very perfectly satisfied with the originals. I had no desire to see Lion King, no desire to see Cinderella, no desire to see Mulan. And you know, all of those movies have their pros and cons, but if you're 100% satisfied with the original, there really is no reason to try to get a substitute. And if you love Beyonce, you might love the soundtrack for The Lion King because it is fantastic, but that's not necessarily a reason to watch The Lion King. No, I think for a remake, there has to be a reason that you're remaking the film, to your point, Carl. And with most of them, there hasn't been. And with a few of them, there's very soft, uh, not very substantial reasoning in the instance of the lot of the jungle book it's like well we can tell this story a little in a more immersive visual kind of way now inclusive but others, also yeah absolutely um but in, in some of the others it really has just been especially when they go shot for shot the way the lion king was that that really starts to irk me 
but all but also uh what's what do we have next hercules and snow white and the little, mermaid. little mermaid oh i just some of these things haven't aged well in this day and age and then trying to put in modern pop culture references they have a chris pine joke that doesn't land because all little kids would be like what who's chris pine you know, I I when I heard that, didn't you do a double take cam? Absolutely. When you heard the characters say Chris Pine, you went, what? And he's a DC guy anyway. So why wouldn't you do Hemsworth or Pratt or or was the well, joke it, even more highbrow than that? Well, it's because Pinocchio's made out of pine. Oh okay. yeah. So he could have been named Chris Pine. <laughs> Okay, Instead that that actually, that actually is that makes more sense. But really, we can move on. I did not well, have time let's, to Okay, okay. Let's move on. I watched let's stick on Disney for a second. I watched every episode of Cars on the Road. That's what I was going to bring up. It's a little movie and it is very good. But I also have a soft spot in my heart for Cars because it was my daughter's first movie in the theater. And I always, whenever someone says Cars 2 ruined the series, Cars 3 ruined the series, no, critics hated Cars when it came out. So what they're saying ruined the series is ruining the marketing because the little kids loved Cars and it was very successful and it makes a lot of money for Disney because yes. they are Cars. But the retconning of history... Cars was not well reviewed when it came out. The soundtrack is amazing. Uh, there are diminishing returns in each one. I love Mater and the Ghost Light, which was the first short that they did. And when they made Mater the Star of Two, that was a mistake because Mater is great in small doses. And these doses that you're getting in these five to seven minute cartoons are perfect. Also, you have Owen Wilson back as Lightning McQueen. I really enjoy this, and it tells a story from beginning to end. They're on a mission, and they're going to a wedding, and almost everyone from the Cars universe shows up. Nobody from Cars 2, amazingly, but people from Cars 3, with one exception, with one major exception, John Ratzenberger's Mac is in the first episode, but has no lines because as we saw with the movie luck, he has now moved over to the John Lasseter Skydance camp. So he's bringing them the good luck charms maybe, but it doesn't look like it. So he hasn't been in a movie since we think soul. So three of them, he has not been in. And I think Disney and Pixar are doing fine without him. Yeah, I watched the first four episodes of Cars on the Road with my with my four year old, and my two year old. They last loved night, it, and they loved it. Uh, they they really enjoy. You mentioned Mater and the Ghost Light. Any of what they've kind of rebranded as like Mater Tales. Um, yeah, they're a huge fan of those. And yeah, I think every every kid who grows up these days has a Cars phase and has a moment with that first movie. And so it's it's hard not to love these characters, especially when they're at their best, which I feel like this show to your point, Carl is like the just right dosage of everything. So I'm enjoying it so far, but it's, it's a 
it's about an hour long story that they're going and it's you're going from point A to point B. They're traveling somewhere. There is a point. It's not just like they're on the road. It's not road tales. It's not mater tales. It is a story that they've broken up into chapters. Yeah, I will enjoy it. I just didn't have time because I went to the Cardinal game. Wednesday night and and stayed till the ninth (laughs) inning because I never leave a Cardinal game. And then, well, thanks to Matt Holiday's Hall of Fame induction, the Cardinals people really need to be paying attention or get on the Cardinals mailing list because you get all these. Wait a minute, you went Wednesday night, and I went yesterday afternoon. You stayed till the end of the game, which was when they. broke the this year's record for most runs coming back at the end yes and we started the let's go cardinals and we made it happen (laughs) and then then you ruined it by going yesterday when it was 11 to 6 yeah but you know it was seven dollar tickets and albert was over oh it was horrible because i was like this is probably my last time seeing him because i cannot not afford to keep going to Cardinal games unless they're $7 tickets. And um, I uh, thought, okay, I'm going to see Pujols. Maybe I'll see him hit a home run. And when he was with the Cardinals, I will say I have seen him hit a home run, but it would be really cool this year because of the historic nature. But he whiffed. He popped up, pop up Pujols yesterday. That's what we saw. But we did see Yachty hit two home runs. And let me tell you, a friend of mine is an usher, and she had told us, that, oh, there probably won't be that many uh, people at Wednesday's game. So just get cheap tickets and you can, you know, just move around. Nope. And so, nope. no. Once they found no, out that it Albert was, was going to play. thousand people yeah. who uh, many of them decided at the last minute that they would come to the game. <laughs> and it was insane. Everybody was trying to get in at the same time. And, and it was just, awesome. and then they didn't do much about the, the Yachty Wayno making the record as Wayno you know, said they, later. You know why? Because it was the tie. Next yeah. one will be the big one. Right. Cause he said, who celebrates a tie? Exactly. You know, but we had to really cheer loud for Yachty to do his curtain calls. So finally he did them, but I will say a lot of people left and then they did get two more runs later because we, but we didn't think it was going to duplicate. But that twelve fifteen start after the late game on Wednesday, really kind of, I think, zapped people. But then the 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 Nationals are the worst team in the National League, and we split the series with them. But we did see good things happen, like Delu. Who's the new guy, Delucio? Yep. Delucio. Yeah. Oh my God. He's so fast. He is so fast. They, they had him as the pinch runner Wednesday night for Yachty and we wouldn't have scored the winning run if he wasn't on, on the, and then uh, he played yesterday and he got his first major league hit. So that was fun because we were all applauding. And then the other new kid, the Memphis phenom Burleson, he, he had his major league debut and uh, that was really cool. All right, so let's get yes, back. I'm sorry. Let's, let's get off of the sports yes. talk and yes. talk about um, the Viewisk universe because I am a fan of the Viewisk universe. As am and, I. And I've I really enjoyed Clerks because I am of that age, 
1994, I was 23, 24 years old, have the soundtrack, have met almost every single person from that film. And oh, I, how cool is that? It's very cool because as they age, so do I. I really enjoyed Clerks 2. I liked what he did with it. And I watched, I have seen every single one of the Viewisk Universe movies except for the groovy cartoon movie that they made a couple years ago. But I did watch the cartoon series that was on ABC and I have the whole box set of that. So I feel like I'm caught up. And I, on a whim, watched Reboot the other day. Jay and Silent Bob Reboot, which has every single person from all and every one of the Viewisk Universe movies. If you don't know what Viewisk Universe is, it's Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith's friends. And Kevin Smith had a heart attack a couple years ago, and he makes fun of that in Jay and Silent Bob Reboot by saying, I got all my friends to do this. It's really, it pays to have a heart attack. That well, is it's... also, that's also the plot of Clerks 3. Right. So, Cam, did you get to see Clerks 3? Not yet. Okay, well, it starts Tuesday, which is odd. Originally, it was supposed to be a, just a Fathom event Tuesday and Wednesday. Oh, it's, it's it's still a Fathom event. It's just that it's going for six days because it's sold so well. Right. Um, Cam, uh, I'll later, I'll get you on the list of that guy. Sounds great. Yeah, because he's he's pretty good. He, he reps Lionsgate. So I am a fan, too, because in 1994, when Clerks premiered at Sundance, and this is when Sundance was pretty new, and uh, all these hotshot young Turks were making indie movies and their viewpoint was being celebrated and making a name for itself. And so he shows up at, uh, because they say, right, what you know. And so he had been a clerk at a convenience store. So he, it was very low budget. It was gritty, black and white, and people went nuts for it. And he won uh, the filmmaker trophy at Sundance and was a nominee for the grand jury prize. And then he went to Cannes and got the youth cinema award and was nominated for a couple people. And then they were nominated for three spirit awards, best first feature, best first screenplay. Jeff Anderson was nominated for debut performance as Randall. And I, uh, Leonard Malton of all people put it on his top 10 list that year. And I thought, well, I have to see this movie. So uh, my son, Tim, being the budding filmmaker, fell in love with Kevin Smith's view askew. And so we're just big fans. Yes, it's crude. Yes, it's vulgar. Yes, it's man children. But deep down, and what I like about Clerks 3 is that it celebrates friendship. People who have been through thick and thin together, who grew up together, who realize each other's shortcomings and they may have disagreements, but deep down they're there for each other. And to me, this movie is heart. It celebrates that Kevin Smith. Yes. He mocks things like we all know from dogma and uh, he uh, is particularly not, he used to be a, a, like a go to mass every Sunday Catholic but now he has given up religion and, and all of it. So he mocks religious cults in this movie, 
which is kind of funny with all the the satanic uh, costumes they have throughout. But Silent Bob and Jay are there. Dante's there. Rosario Dawson's Becky shows up. They oh, have- see, you just gave something away. I don't think you needed to say that part. I don't think you needed to say because. Okay. Well, she's beautiful. Charlie saw her at a bar in Brooklyn once and said she is stunning in person. Just FYI. Uh, so, so um, Cam, I apologize for her ruining a major plot point of the film. That's all right. I didn't know. I didn't know. I- How do you not know that you shouldn't say that some people that. Well, see, I didn't see clerks too. I thought oh, I had. Oh, well, they and got. So I thought uh, that that was part of Clerks too because I read the plot line, but I guess not. Okay, no. so I'm sorry about that. But the cameos, I won't reveal them all, but they are mostly funny. And then Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris as the who cardiologist. Has no, who has no bedside manner. Oh, no, she's actually great. She, she gives. Is hilarious. So Randall has a heart attack. You'd think it'd be. You think it would be Dante, but Randall has a heart attack and she gives Dante, who is in, who's actually very depressed, gives Dante the task of making sure that Randall doesn't go into depression. So she has, he has to make sure that he gets things to get his mood up. And he says, I'd like to make a movie about my life which really is not about his life. It's about Dante's life. Because if you remember Clerks, Clerks is basically about Dante and Randall just reacts to everything. But Randall makes everything about him. Right. So this is modern times. Uh, they own the store now, which is good because else it was- That happened be- in Clerks too. Lynn, let me fill you in in case you didn't see, which you didn't. They were working at movies. That's the fast food restaurant, which they actually had a pop up movies here in St. Louis. And at the end of Clerks 2, spoiler alert, see, Lynn, see how I did that? Spoiler alert, they buy the quick stop and the video store. The video which makes store, it less sad, which makes it less sad because if they were still working at the convenience store at the age they're at, they it would, own it now. Yes, they own it. And what's so funny is the video store is now a cannabis CBD store, dispensary. Hilarious. At the end of Clerks 2, Jay and Silent Bob have made all this money on Blunt Man and Chronic. They front Randall and Dante the money, but they don't want to have anything to do with it because they're still, you know, slackers. They don't want them. They don't want people to know that they fronted them the money. They just want to be able to hang out in front of the store. That was the only caveat that they gave with giving them the money. Can we still hang out in front of the store? And they're like, yeah, you own it. So they run the dispensary, but the dispensary, it's legal in Jersey. But they still treat it like, hey, man, don't give us the money in front of us. They still treat it like it's illegal. That's one of the funnier bits in the movie. I know. I love that Kevin Smith loves New Jersey so much. And I found that song at the end. I was like, this would be an Oscar nominee. But then I found out the song was written in 1991. Oh, yeah. But I didn't know that. But that is the best song to end this movie with called I Love New. I'm from New Jersey. And this this movie is a Return of the Jedi movie, a Return of the Jedi movie from 1993. When you thought everything was over, this is a great way to cap this series. It should not continue from here. There should not be any prequels or sequels. This move, this should end it. I don't mind if Jay and Silent Bob keep doing what they're doing 
with Banksy and Bluntman and Chronic and everyone else in this thing. But I think the clerks as a name should retire. I agree. I think he wrapped it up fine. I think it's it's a perfect ending. Well, not so perfect, but we won't no. go there. And, and we won't go as there. as a lot of people, not me. Uh, let me let me say this. I prefer Return of the Jedi over Empire because a nine year old me did not care about how Empire Strikes Back ended. And then they had to wait for three years. I did not that that still that knocks Empire because everyone says Empire is the best film. I don't think it's a. Uh, I agree with you, film. Carl. I agree. That's my exact point of view. It's it's not the, it's not the best film. It ends horribly. It, it it ends on a cliffhanger. That's not how a movie should end. That that is that, it's like Back to the Future Two doesn't have an ending here. The, and you didn't know back then. You had to wait three years. But anyway, well, the girl, was, the girl in me, you know, ro- uh, the romantic story. That that's what you know. So I had to go with that. So no, we can sorry. talk Star Wars. Uh, at another another time, well, time, but they well, have a they, new they, book they do out. Talk, they do talk about Star Wars in this film. In fact, they said, "Why don't we have this discussion?" That they they re- they reference the discussion that they have in Clerks, <laughs> and Randall says, "Why would anyone want to hear about that?" Which, at the time, is what everyone was saying. Why are they having a discussion about contractors on the Death Star? Which makes sense, you know, in hindsight, but. What happens here is what the reason I said all this Star Wars stuff is I think people are going to say that this is very much like Return of the Jedi because the critics, even though we are critics and Cam, you and I just said that Return of the Jedi should be rated much higher. A lot of people think Return of the Jedi is the worst of the original trilogy, even though Star Wars is dull for the first 20 minutes. But this movie is of the three, it is not the best. In fact, it is shot weirdly sometimes. Weirdly as in you can tell that these people were not in the same room nor necessarily the same state at the same time. And I'm sure some things were COVID protocols, some things were scheduling. For sure, Rosario Dawson isn't in this movie enough because of scheduling projects. Uh, actually, probably due to Star Wars. But... It's not as indie as it was, and it's not as polished as some of the earlier films were. Well, no, and it is also in color, but they do pay homage to the other two. And I do love his pop culture references because Kevin Smith is a total comic book geek, and he is a total Star Wars fanatic. And that colors through and the guys talking about all the pop culture references. It's fun. I enjoy it. I like seeing them, but I, yeah, also but you're, like- you're a, you're a, you're a Kevin Smith fan. So that's who this movie is for. You're not right. going to, even if you've seen the first two and you're lukewarm on it, I, this movie's probably not for you. No, I think it's strictly for fans. And Ray asked me last night on KTRS, you have to see the other two. And I go, yeah, you kind of do. I mean, I can't see anybody coming into this not knowing anything about. (laughs) What was your first Kevin Smith film? Um, The two wrong answers are Zach and Murray shoot a porno (laughs) and Clerks 3. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, although many people think Chasing Amy is his best. And I always. Or Dogma. Well, Dogma, too. but And they're thinking about a sequel, so who knows? But I personally 
always defend Jersey girls, Jersey girl, because it got a bad rap. First of all, that's not in the view of universe. That's just no, that's that's Kevin Smith. It's Ben and Jen. Right. Because Jennifer Lopez and Ben, they were getting such bad press with Geely and then they broke up. And then they had this movie and um, Kevin Smith has cut her out. Most of Jersey girl. It's really Liv Tyler and Ben Affleck in this movie with the cutest little kid, Ra- Raquel Castro, who's now a grown up actress. She plays a little kid and George Carlin plays the grandfather. Yeah. And, and he was in dogma. Yes. Well, they became friends and George Carlin's playing. So I always defend because people go, oh, Jersey girl. And I'm like, you have to watch it and then give me an opinion. Don't give me an opinion. You know, these people that have opinions before they see anything. So I'm just saying that about Kevin Smith. But um, he's always, you know, he's on all his talk shows. He does podcasts. He does everything. He is like uh, the, the Smodcast. And he does a lot. So he will continue to do that. And I do think that uh, the Clerks 3, the, one of the reasons it's satisfactory is because they do grow up. Yeah. I want the Viewers universe to continue, but I would like the Kirk's, Clerks series to end. All right. Well, speaking of bad boys, and I'll make this quick. I watched the documentary on John McEnroe that's streaming on Showtime, and it's really good. Well, yeah, John McEnroe was a really good tennis player. Right. Well, it uh, it is an unfiltered look. He participates. He's very candid. He talks about his regrets. He talks about raising kids. He talks about his terrible marriage to Tatum O'Neill. He's happily married. And the best line is Patty Smith, his current wife of many, many years. And they have the custody of all the kids who are now grown. Five kids is she said, I married a bad boy and he's turned out to be a really good man, which is good. But he talks very candidly. And I love all the old, old archives, the Borg McEnroe legendary tennis matches. They have Bjorn Borg uh, as a talking head in this, which you don't hardly ever see him anymore. And so that was really great because he and McEnroe became great friends. And so he participates and Billie Jean King participates because you either love or hate him. Because remember the tabloid super brat and that was an era of that. And that was with Jimmy Connors. And uh, and uh, so it's really cool to see that. And at the end, they have current champs, Rafael Nadal, Federer, Roger Federer and uh, Djokovic. They all say what he means to the sport of tennis and they do talk about his now he's an elder statesman and he's turned into this really good commentator and the u.s open is going on this week so it's perfect timing and another aside pay attention this weekend to the u.s open men's semifinals tonight friday and sunday will be the finals this phenom Francis Tiafo is the first American male to make the semifinals since 2006. And he has an American dream story that is going to be the buzz of the U.S. because it's unparalleled. The closest thing is maybe the Williams sisters story. Okay. So 
Yeah. Which which got an Academy Award for telling uh, one side of a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the first week of U.S. Open this this year was all about Serena. And then the second week is all about this Francis Tiafu, whose dad escaped from Sierra Leone war torn right. country with his kids and his wife and they slept on a floor he got a job as a janitor at a tennis club in maryland they slept on the floor his son played tennis for free they let him play on the courts and now he is in the semifinals of the u.s open so all the all the news channels have taken a big turn and speaking of news what's dominating the news right now uh the queen yeah the queen so we will be seeing that. For I heard a- Reggie Jackson was arrested for trying to kill her. <laughs> he had a great tweet about that. He what tweeted. He, he tweeted. Finally? Now, now everyone knows that I'm innocent. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that is good. I'll have to look that up. So uh, we can talk about that later. But let's, uh, we let's pivot, to- Lynn. Yes, it's, it's the end of it's the end of the summer movie season. Yes. What did you guys take away from this summer? What'd you like? What you didn't like? Uh, Top Gun Maverick was good, but it's overrated because I, and I don't, and I'm not thinking that it's getting reverse backlash. It's just that everybody saw it and they saw it so many times. There were other movies to see. Why did everyone go see this so many times? And Spider-Man uh, No Way Home uh, got a, a redo with 11 more minutes, and they were hoping it would take last weekend, but no, Top Gun still did. I like Top Gun. I was very I liked it, it, too, but it did. Did that need to be the movie of the last eight months? Well, given what's I don't think this is a very good year so far. What do you think, Cam? I think. I think it's going to be a good year when all is said and done, but I think that the summer was a little bit rougher than I would have expected. Some things I thought would pan out didn't. Um, I think Jurassic World was garbage. You took the words right out of my mouth, Carl. That's the biggest stinker for me of the summer. Jurassic World, what what an absolute softball that they just swung and miss on. I mean, that should have been an easy task to knock that one out of the park, and it was... They made a movie about locusts or crickets or something. So <laughs> that's a it's a weird choice. Well, I wish more people would have seen 3000 years of longing. Uh, that's I don't know why that didn't get more love. Uh, Everything everywhere all at once. That came out at the beginning of summer that I thought started to get traction. And I don't know if it will get any more traction in the fall because more movies are going to be coming out. Yeah, I still need to see it. I know I missed the screening and everything else. I keep wanting to see it, but everybody says you need to see it on a big screen. You don't. That's a lie. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so. I don't think so. I, I I think you can see it. I think it's good for home viewing. It is my favorite of the year still to this point. So um, I'm hoping it gets an awards push, but there's going to be a lot of noise in the back half of the year and a lot of politicking going on there. Yeah, well, it's already the number one film that A24 has produced. So that's a, a good thing. And people love Michelle Yeoh. So that's good. I particularly, I'm I'm an Elvis defender. That's one of my favorite movies of the year. And I really hope Austin Butler is one of the uh, the awards contenders for the end of the year. 
I had Elvis on my overrated list. <laughs> just I thought I thought the Austin Butler performance was obviously incredible, um, but Boz I thought there it was very busy, very busy. Yeah, he very does. Bozzy. The, yeah, one of my friends texted me after he saw it because it's now streaming on HBO Max. Said this movie's exhausting. Absolutely, it is. And it's Boz, you know, but I do I do think Austin Butler is one of the few success stories I uh, for underrated. I really enjoyed the British imports with the quirky stories, but wonderful cast Phantom of the Open with Mark Rylance. Love that Sally Hawkins. And didn't you like Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris? I did like Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Leslie Manville, and charming, delightful, and very much like a fairy tale, like a grown-up fairy tale. And, and didn't you also like the uh, full frontal Emma Thompson movie? Yes, I did. Emma Thompson, there you go. We got the Brits. And now, what, I did. What, which one? What was that one called? I only saw one scene from that movie, if you can guess which one it was. Oh yeah, okay. It's the Leo Grand. Ah, uh, thank, thank you, thank, thank you very much, Leo Grand. Yeah, but I forget the the real title. So and someone sent someone sent me that scene because they heard me talking about it, and <laughs> they said, "Here, here's what you've missed." And I'm like, "This is not, you know, Emma Thompson looks great." That guy is one of the success. That guy is going to be good. I mean, he's going to be really uh, one of those future. A star people that we see like a star is born and i enjoyed the duke with helen mirren and jim broadbent my you're, favorite you're you're just mentioning mentioning all of these movies that are for people of a certain age lynn i know i know but hey i can still get with the kids really because did you see bodies 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 i did not but alex see? loves it and alex loved x and he's so excited now, about see, Pearl. X, Pearl. X came out in yeah. March. X came out in March. Max and I were talking about this the other day. He's really excited. He's going to a double. He's going to see the uh, Moon Age Daydream and then Pearl, which they shot Pearl and X. They shot at the same time. But X does not count as a summer movie because it came out in March, even though it's weird. I don't know why you would have a movie come out in March and then release the second one in September unless you're going for the horror thing around Halloween time, even though Halloween kills is going to destroy everyone. I'm sorry. Halloween ends is going to destroy everything in October. Yeah. It's been honestly, one of my big takeaways of this summer is that it's been a great summer for horror Horror has been, has had a good run. I thought, Nope, did not get nearly as much critical and fan acclaim as I thought it should have. I really liked it. Um, but I also thought Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was really good. And that's coming off of a spring, early winter portion of the year where there was also good horror features. And horror, horror is strong in uh, January, February now. Yeah. It is kind of staked that out because everyone's putting out garbage and the studios are like, well, let's put out some horror films and make some money. Did you? Okay. Speaking of that, when that's when Happy Birthday to Me. And happy birthday to you came. Those came out in winter and those movies are going to be on Freeform's 31 days of Halloween this year, which I find hilarious. And a quiet place is going to be on 31 days of Halloween on Freeform. 
I, those movies and because 90 percent of uh 31 days of halloween on freeform is hocus pocus and hotel transylvania and nightmare before christmas but them expanding to have those movies on it is just it, it's weird to me because you're looking oh freeforms on oh it must be hocus pocus again oh a hotel transylvania marathon Oh, they're showing Ghostbusters. Oh, they actually are showing Ghostbusters, but they're showing the female Ghostbusters and then following that up with Ghostbusters 2. It's so weird. Well, I will say that I had a lot of fun this summer watching the limited series on television, especially the offer, which was snubbed inexplicably by the emmys the emmys are monday night now hold on a second the off was didn't it come out too late for the emmys it well was 10 if, they, weeks. if they made well if they made it available before the may deadline all of them then they could but i'm well maybe it's for next year because a couple series like obi-wan kenobi they did not give the critics the whole thing because you disney know, doesn't care right and so that'll be next year but i liked obi-wan kenobi and I liked the offer. The offer was my favorite. But I hope so because Matthew Good should have been nominated as Robert Evans. And it's just inexplicable. And Juno Tempo, too, that it was not. And so we'll see what happens with the Emmys. But you know what won an award? Yeah, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That is my uh, favorite animated movie so far this year. Really? Yes. But no, I haven't I like, seen Wendell and Wild yet, so. Well, also, uh, Max Foisy, I turned Max onto a movie that is one of his favorite films of the year. Uh, it's from GK Kids, and it's uh, was Pompeo the Cinemaphile, the Cinemaphile. Uh, I heard him talking about. I heard you guys talking about this on your show. I turn it. I turned him on to that movie and is one of his favorite films of the year. Well, where and can I, we find I really it? It's, it's G kids. So it's studio Ghibli's kids thing, even though it's really an adult film and it's all about the love of cinema. So I enjoyed that, but it's Pompo the cinephile and it's based of course on manga. So check out, I don't know where you'd find it right now because I. Well, we could check with Just Watch. Oh, our public, our weekly public service announcement for Just Watch. Dang it! All right, you talk. I'll find it. <laughs> I want to see that. It's good. It's it's all about loving cinema and how a PA becomes a director, and of course, it's animated. Well, speaking of cinema, one of my one of my uh, movies that I want to see because it premiered at the Venice Film Festival to rapturous reviews, Sam Mendes's Empire of Light, which takes place at a movie theater. And it's about the employees that work there. And it's supposedly Olivia Coleman's best performance to date. Oscar winner Olivia Coleman's best performance to date. Yes. And it's. Sam Mendes. Yes. And Roger Deakins. All of those people have won Academy Awards. Right. So I am so excited about this. But of course, 
being the awards magnet is probably is we're not going to see it till December or January. So speaking of fall releases, I made a list and uh, I, I want, I just, I'm just going to go run down a couple and then before can... you go, I I've on just watch cause I have the app uh, Pompo, the cinephile is available for rent on Amazon, YouTube and Redbox online. So all for four dollars according to just watch the weird thing about just watch is sometimes the prices are wrong so you might get it for a lot cheaper than that well sometimes redbox has a coupon okay well lynn what are the, what are the movies you're looking forward to this summer well i'm just going to tell you the big small. ones i don't even know if they're going to be any good but these are the big buzz movies and you guys can chime in with what you are looking forward to okay we have for september we have, I'm going to start with fall, September 23rd. Don't worry, darling. That's Hold the on, of... fall, is, fall is the one where they're stuck on the tower, right? Yes, and okay. apparently that is goofy as all get out, but that's now available on a, a home video. Okay. Okay, so this is the autumn movies. September 23rd, we start with Don't Worry, Darling. That's the Olivia Wilde-directed movie where she met Harry Styles and... That's and her. people either, uh, they, I'm not going to say love it, they either tolerate it or hate it. Yes, and it also has Chris Pine and it has Lauren, uh, Florence Pugh. Pinocchio? And there's all sorts of tabloid heads about all of this. And so we can see it on September 23rd. Then we have Hocus Pocus 2 Boo. on Disney+. That's on Plus. Disney+. Plus. I know, on, on September 30th. And, and none of the original uh, kids are in it, I heard. Well, yeah, well, why who who could? I mean, you know, it's just knows? the it's just the witches. Yes. And then we have September 28th, Blonde on Netflix. That is the Marilyn Monroe quasi-fictional story starring Anna de Armas. And it has to be better than Deep Water. That's all I'm saying, because Deep Water still holds my personal uh well now it might go to second worst because me time on netflix is the worst movie of the year for me so it might deep water might go down to two and then we have the great beer run which i'm actually looking forward to that one i am too with zach efron yes and it's based it's gonna, on a true story and it's apple plus and who's the director it's a big deal director Oh, it's um, a Farrelly brother. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Peter Farrelly. Yeah. Fresh from Oscar nominated. Oscar. Well, yeah, fresh from the Green Book. And then we have. Oh, for so, people... yeah, Oscar winner. He won as a producer. Yeah, he is an Oscar winner now. So, um, although uh, Stuck on <laughs> Stuck on Use was still my favorite Farrelly brothers movie. Okay. What well, about the Matt Damon and Greg Kinnear play Siamese twins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the best. Okay, so uh, then we have for people of my age, we have Sigourney Weaver and Kevin Klein in The Good House. That's September 30th. Sep October 1st is Till about Emma Till, so it's going to be a mm. hard watch. And then we have the heralded Colin Farrell-Martin McDonough combo in The Banshees of Insurance. And I probably screwed up that that name, but that's what we're getting. We're getting Irish Brothers, Family Feud, 
That's what Martin McDonough does. And we'll go from there. And then we have October 7th, Amsterdam, the new David O. Russell with the megawatt cast, Chris, Christopher Bale, uh, Christian Bale and uh, Chris Rock and a cast of thousands. And we have Armageddon time with Oscar winner Anthony Hopkins and uh, Jeremy Strong and Hathaway and the kid that's going to win all the juvenile acting awards, Banks Rapetta. And it's a family drama on the American dream. Halloween ends. Speaking of your horror sequels. Yep. Hopefully is... this will be the last one. And that's John October Carpenter 14th. Has his way. Yes. Right. <laughs> he said, as long as the money keeps coming, that's literally what he said. His, his mm-hmm. soundbite was something like, this might not be the end. If the money's there, then it'll be there. Well, Jamie Lee Curtis is still alive and kicking. And then we have uh, Marvel. The Rock shows up as Black Adam. All right. So first of all, that's DC. The Marvel movie that's coming out in the fall is Wakanda forever. Okay. So we have the DC Black Adam. I'm sorry. It's a superhero I have not heard of. It's in the Shazam universe. Oh, okay. Well, we have George Clooney and Julia Roberts teaming up again in Ticket to Paradise. They play a divorced couple who has to get thrown together again because of a kid's wedding. And we have Ewan McGregor and Ethan Hawke, who really doesn't ever miss, uh, in as brothers in a Apple TV movie, Raymond and Ray. I think that's okay. it. Okay. Then we have Black Panther, November 11th. Wakanda Forever. The 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 picture I had today is my video screen. And then, of course, we all know what happened there. We have Ray Fiennes as a chef in uh, The Menu. And Anya Taylor-Joy in that one. Yes. And uh, that's supposed to be kind of uh, quirky. And then we have The Fablemans, which is Steven Spielberg's autobiographical film, November 23rd. And you will be happy, Carl, because November 4th on Netflix is Enola Holmes 2. Yay! That's also on my list. Looking forward to that one. So I'm going to stop there because then we get into Christmas territory. But, oh, well, Disenchanted's going to be on Disney Plus in November, and Bardo, the Inaratu new movie. I loved Enchanted. I'm looking forward to Disenchanted. Well, me too, because Amy Adams, and that was was good. So we'll see. They would have won an Academy Award if they wouldn't have nominated three songs from that movie. But instead, they nominated three and won none. So it should be interesting. Oh, uh, the White Noise, which is Noah Bombeck's one for Netflix, that is going to be in theaters November 25th. So that's Thanksgiving start. And that's Adam Dry- uh, Driver and Greta Gerwig and uh, all that. So had a holiday time. We'll talk about that. So what are you guys looking forward to? Uh, you go ahead, Cam, because I only have one that she forgot. Well, I don't know if next week counts as fall, but uh, see it how does. They, see it how does. they run. That that one, I don't understand why that movie has not been advertised or marketed at all uh, with the cast list that it has, but that somehow comes out next week. So I'm very much looking forward to that one. Um, 
I also have on my list Amsterdam, which you mentioned, as well as Wendell and Wild, which is the uh, Henry Selleck movie, his first feature film since Coraline, uh, which stars, it'll star Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele. So reuniting that pair uh, on Netflix. Very excited about that. Um, and you know what, Lynn, I think everything else you probably covered. No, she didn't. <laughs> because November 4th on Roku channel, oh, Daniel weird. Radcliffe stars as Al Yankovic in Weird, the Al Yankovic story. You forgot that one. How could I, I did forget because I don't have Roku. It, I, I don't care how I see this movie. It is going to happen. Well, it's supposedly it's a parody because Weird Al, as you know, was a, a valedictorian of his high school class when he was like, what, 16 or like he was a child genius. So he skipped grades and it's a parody of him because he's like as straight as as an arrow. Yeah, there's nothing there's nothing about his life that would they did a behind the music about him and on VH1 and he's like. Nothing horrible happened to me. How can you do behind the music? And then, and it has uh, Rain Wilson as Doctor Dementa. And well, that'll be hilarious. But also, uh, supposedly they have him like snorting heroin and chugging alcohol and having sex with Madonna and all this other stuff. So I do want to see it because Daniel Radcliffe is fearless. He just goes. Yeah. If you saw him on extras he where he mocked Harry Potter himself and he how he can't get laid. Oh, that was hilarious. And he was he was asking Helen Mirren for cigarettes and stuff. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, he is fearless. He'll just go. So let's wrap, Lynn. Where can we find you? I am on KTRS every Thursday night with Ray Hartman. And uh, after the 10 p.m. news, and I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times, my review of Clerks is in, Clerks 3 is in today. And I am on my website, poplifestl.com. And on Cam, Rotten Tomatoes. Cam, where can we find you and your partner who is not here today? Yeah, you can listen to me and Kirk on the Popcorn for Bread breakfast podcast so search popcorn for breakfast anywhere you listen to podcasts we're also on youtube and every monday night at 9 30 central we do movie and tv news live on twitch youtube and facebook i have to mark this down you can find me oh at every hockey game starting uh, in about a couple weeks and then you can also find me on instagram and twitter at underscore carl the intern i'll do a horn test before every home game uh, I will be at the Enterprise Center tonight checking out my room and watching Michael Buble and then tomorrow watching uh, 21 Pilots. But you can also hear me Monday through Friday on the Mark Cox Morning Show on 97.1 FM Talk and on the weekends for Second Amendment Radio on the and the Great Outdoors. You can hear me on Saturdays on 97.1 and Sundays on KMOX, except this week because there is baseball followed by football. But next week I'm back on, so... Find me there and everyone have a great, I, I think technically this is the last full week of summer because the 23rd, I think two weeks from Friday is the last full day of summer. Well, all I know is that the uh, light, uh, it's getting darker earlier, which always saddens me. 
the um, Braden Shen was at the Cardinal game yesterday, and Wednesday night, David Keckner, native of Ooh. Tipton, Missouri, was there. He was one of the people thrown out the first pitch, and then they talked to him on the big screen, and uh, they asked him that that little game they play the top three. They mm -hmm. asked him the top three Will Ferrell movies for the survey, and of course he was in Anchorman. Anchorman and Anchorman 2, 2. and yeah. Talladega Nights. So he guessed Anchorman, which was number one, and he guessed Talladega Nights, which was number three. And uh, what do you think was number two? Uh, I hate Step Brothers. It's either old school or ooh, Elf. What do you think, Cam? This is just from I don't know what kind of survey they took. It, it it's, they do it at Cardinal Games. And so you like you can vote at the game, I believe. Yeah, old school is where my head was going as well. Well, I was going to say old school, but it was Step Brothers. See, people love Step Brothers. Do. I don't get it, but they love Step Brothers. And did I say Step? Did I say Step Brothers? You you said uh, you hated it, but you thought old school. So we all three were thinking alike with old school. Yeah, but uh, people love Step Brothers. I, I don't understand it. So they do that now at, at Cardinal Games. They uh, yeah, they like spot out the celebs. Well, I'm glad David Keckner is uh, doing well again. For a well, little bit over the summer, he was not. Really? Yeah. Don't look that up on it, the internet or anything like that. Okay, well, he's going to be at Helium this weekend. So what are you guys doing this weekend? Well, Carl already told us his concerts, but I what are you concert. doing, Cam? I'm going to be catching up on TV TV streaming that I'm behind on some Lord of the Rings, uh, Rings of Power, as well as She-Hulk. Shulk! We, uh, Lynn, the rest of the world is caught up with us now. Next week, episode five. Well, uh, I am going to go to Bacon Fest at uh, the O'Fallon VFW on Saturday from 10 to 5. Did I say bacon? Uh, it will have vendors from such places as sugar fire smokehouse the beast craft barbecue uh peel wood fire pizza and and uh very small businesses that will have bake things with bacon that's the rule you have to sell at least one thing with bacon last year's audience winner was the yankee scone with their cheddar bacon scone but the beast uh we don't know what they're bringing but sugar fire is bringing Bacon. Bacon wrapped baked Oreos. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> and they're going to have armadillo eggs, which are jalapeno, stuffed jalapeno peppers with uh, pork sausage. And then I was going to say, aren't, aren't, aren't armadillos mammals? Yes. And then uh, there's going to be candy bacon. There's going to be hot dogs with bacon, like some Boy Scouts are selling Gus's pretzels with bacon cheddar dip. And so it's going to be all things bacon plus people. Oh, there's going to be maple baked bacon ice cream, maple bacon long johns from Wood Bakery mm -hmm. and uh, just all sorts of things like that. So if people love bacon, Go to the VFW on State Street in O'Fallon Saturday and enjoy and partake because it is it supports veterans. Oh, and that's good because this weekend is September 11th. 
That's right. They will have a ceremony at 930 that morning out in the in next door at the pavilion to commemorate September 11th. But, you know, a lot of veterans have issues with their daily lives. And so this helps. This is a relief fund that helps them when they need it. Like maybe they need to get their car fixed so they can accept a job or maybe they need to pay the electric bill because they haven't worked and things like that. So it's a really good cost. So anyway, that's what I'm doing. Well, have have fun with that. I hope it's successful. I did too. Take care. Thank you so much, Cam. Anything you want to add about any TV thing or anything that we failed to mention that you should be watching? No, but thank you for having me and hopefully we can do it again soon. Thank you, sir. We like you best. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Stay stay safe because all sorts of germs are going around right now. And go-karts are in Pittsburgh. Bye. Bye.